yesterday. Uh, and leave this kind of right there. Yeah. On the day before yesterday, I walked into a retail establishment over in St. Louis Park. And this was playing on the overhead. And Sean, as you will know, I am unable to stop myself, especially when something I love about music is involved. So a cashier who's maybe 19, 20, 21 years old, somewhere in that ballpark, I look up with very excited eyes as this is playing on the overhead, and I'm like, this is easily my favorite song by the Mac. And she just, she stared at me, and she blinked once. And I, I may as well have been speaking Mandarin or Swahili because she just like, mm, and went back to the task at <laughs> hand. <clears throat> Not engaged. I felt 8,000 years old. <laughs> Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac is awesome. And no, it's not as bad. I, I shared it on social media as well, this whole experience. And someone's like, aren't you burnt out on that song? Like um, like Journeys Don't Stop Believing. I'm like, I, there are some things you can't get tired of. I've never gotten tired of this song. No, it's a fantastic song. I worked at a classic rock station for about a year and a half in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The song More Than a Feeling by Boston. Oh, man. Played it maybe... Once an hour, I uh, guess, yeah. and it was that was one of the songs where I'm like, okay, I've got more than a feeling about this song. <laughs> like after all that time, eventually you do get burned out. Hey, yeah. thanks everybody for tuning in to the Brian Oak Show, episode 375. Man, is, that's getting serious. That's kind of hard to imagine. That <laughs> was getting milestoney there. Okay. Yeah. We just got to start making that milestone money. Speaking of, I do want to thank our sponsors. Before we get into thanking Smart Start MN, we are in the Smart Start MN studio. Mike Friedberg of Smart Start MN oh, yeah. on the post I made about this song. Yeah. He was the one who's like, how are you not tired of that? Also, how are there not 10 million women roughly our age named Rhiannon? That's a great point. Well, and I've met a couple of Rhiannons. I have too, but not many. But not, not as many as you would expect no. with how big that song was right there. We are in the Smart Start MN studios. I'm Brian Oak, and that is Sean Bernard. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. That means they will put the scientific doohickey in your car to allow you drive again once you have had a DUI. You drink and drive, you get busted, you will lose your license the end. And you need to get back to living a regular life. You need to get back into your car. Long ago, they worked with the state to come up with a program to get people back to their normal lives. Let's be honest, there are chronic offenders when it comes to drinking and driving. But most people... Just make a one or two times stupid, stupid, stupid mistake. It's almost like the alcohol impaired their judgment somehow. And it's weird. When you put it like that, it almost, <laughs> yeah, interesting. And they're like, no, nah, I totally got this. And guess what? You don't totally got this. And now in the age of Uber and Lyft and everything, there's no excuse. Just take, get a ride home and then get a ride back in the morning to get your car or whatever. But people still do it on the regular. And that's why you need Smart Start MN. Yeah, go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Uh, also, we want to thank OA Design Build Architecture. They do good work. They're, you know, there are all kinds of people who are builders. They can frame out a room. They can hang your drywall. They can do this and that. But the design build architecture part of what they do at OA is really a crucial element of what they do. It's not average run-of-the-mill stuff. It's creative. They will take your input. They will provide their wild insight. They take good care of their employees. They're worth checking out if you've got a rebuild that you want to do. Yeah, and just like with anything else, you really want to pre-plan this out several months in advance because mm -hmm. there's people that are like, well, it's February. I don't want to do something like that till September. Well, 
you don't want to wait till August to call somebody like OA Design Build Architecture. You want to get a hold of them like Nowsville. You're like, like, well, we're booked out till February 2026. So, well, I mean, you, you just want to sit down. And you want to do the design work and have plenty of time to pick all the different stuff that you want and to take their guidance. So, plan way in advance. Go to oadesignbuild.com. You can go to the contact us form. And they'll get in touch with you. I think within 24 hours is their promise. Wow, very good. Yeah. Well, and they're good people too. Again, we don't want to ever send you to anyone, be it, uh, you know, uh, um, Smart Start or OA Design Build Architecture or even my friend Sean, who's also a sponsor of the show here. We don't want you to have to work with jerks. These are good people. They're smart. They know what they're doing. They're talented. and But most importantly, they're decent human beings. Yeah, and it's important that people have a sense of humor. And I think just about everybody work with uh, we work with has a sense of humor. Like as an example... You know, Rianne, you don't hear Rhiannon that often. You also very seldom meet a woman named Mary with the middle name Magdalene. <laughs> just saying. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. I I, just, I'm not certain Ryan's what the like, correlation Whoa. is, but I feel like a lot of your Catholic upbringing came pouring out of you right well, there. Well, I just, I don't know why it came to my mind, but my son has to do a, 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 a speech today on Noah's Ark. And oh. so he's doing that at Augsburg today. And he's like, dad, it. Have you ever read that? I said, yeah, I don't remember much about it. He goes, it's really awful. <laughs> like God basically killed everybody except for yeah. Noah and his wife and his family. But he goes, but everything you see like in, in Target is, oh, look, it's Noah's Ark with the cute animals and everything. What about the slaughtered humanity? <laughs> like, the Old Testament is like reading yeah, a, grand, I don't care for a, it. a grand scale version of Conan the Barbarian. It's <laughs> terrible. An angry, vengeful, destructive God yeah. who was not all, at all happy with most of his creation yeah. and tested them relentlessly up to and including wiping out the entire race except for a couple people and some animals that can you imagine how bad it smelled inside Noah's Ark no no I can't oh I can't imagine it how do you and not only that but if if there's any other carnivores in there like some of those animals come on you're not going to make it. Yeah, no, the ze- it's it's shocking we still have zebras, right? Because you know good... there were lions in there. Oh, yeah. And exactly. tigers. Yeah, and nothing's tastier than a zebra. Like when you're oh, really hungry, mm. you want a little zebra burger? You, oh. you've, been at, you've been in the ocean for three months waiting oh. for the first set of dry <laughs> land. Those zebras start to look pretty tasty. Some zebra chops? Do you, oh. do you think Do you think this is a little bit like, like what your son's <laughs> speech is going to be like? I hope not because there's a big <laughs> F waiting for him to <laughs> All right, let's get moving forward. We got All a right. guest waiting for us here by the name of Molly Murray. Uh, I reached out the other day because recently with the Minneapolis Parks Board, it's yes. come to light that a lot of the bands get paid nothing. They can take tips. They can do that kind of thing. But unless you are the absolute cream of the crop, there's not really room in the budget for you. And having as many friends in the music industry as I have for as long as I have, Obviously, opinions are widely varied on this, so I'm hoping over the next couple of weeks, couple of months, as we head into summer and more of these park-related events are happening, we can have more guests on, be it from the music side, the booking side, even the city side. I'd love to have someone on from the Parks Board. I think there are a lot of perspectives on this issue. I don't think there's one clear answer. I don't have an agenda here. I have a solution. Do you? Yeah. Will you save it for the other side of this I song? will, for sure. Fabulous. All right. Wow. Well, then why are we even doing the podcast today? No, no, no. Just, I'm going to offer up a solution. No, right. it's not an easy solution. It's Let, a let's, solution. Let's do it on the other side. But here's the deal. Whether we're talking about at the micro level or the macro level, 
musicians have always fucking gotten ripped off by everybody, by record companies, by management firms, by establishments, whatever. And this is a song that speaks to that, whether we're talking about at the local club level or the biggest arena tours in the world. It's by a duo, a husband and wife duo called Viva Voce, I believe out of Portland, Oregon. I might be getting that wrong, but this song is called From the Devil Himself. We've got Molly Murray on the far side of the song. This tune because somebody owes me something, it might as well be you. Hey, now you're gonna get your blood sucked out. They had a dirty listen to the lyrics of that song it's very much about what we're talking about here is you know artists make this incredible music and then other people reap the benefits having done nothing but manage them or told other people about them or 
just swooped in and said, hey, kid, I'm going to make you famous, whatever the case may be. My name is Brian Oak. That's Sean Bernard. Sean, before you give the easy answer, is it okay if we talk to Molly? Oh, for a absolutely. Bit first? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't trying to steal anybody's thunder, but I did. Well, no, but I'm very interested in it. But I think that we've made Molly sit here long enough. And yeah, listen I to do our too. Ramblings. Yeah, she's just staring at us like, come on. Molly started goods. her career in the Twin Cities music scene about 15 years ago. Part time gigs running sound, which I also want to talk about. Um, but then she took on coordinating the music and movie in the park series for the Minneapolis Park and Rec Board and supported other citywide events in that department. After seven seasons, she took on a different role with the National MS Society, continuing the part-time sound gigs until COVID took over and basically screwed everybody because that's what nasty endemic viruses do. Virtual programs led the way to working as an event producer before landing her current role as an event security manager. She loves staying connected to the local music scene, performing and booking bands. I mean, you basically, first of all, hello, Molly. How are you? Hi. Where are you from? Uh, So, again, being in the Twin Cities for 15 years, but grew up in Pine Island, just north of Rochester. Oh, wow. Excellent. I know Pine Island. You do? I do. I lived in Rochester for a while. I lived in, wait a minute, I lived in Roch. For a while. In, La- in Roch. When people, the locals call we don't it really, Roch. We don't really call it Roch, do we? Some no. locals do down in Rochester, and it's really, really annoying. Wow. I feel like it's, it's the small town thing. Like, oh, I got to head to Roch to get, you yeah. know. Like you're going to the big city? Yep. Yeah. Going to the Mayo in Roch. <laughs> Mayo Clinic. Yeah. Oh, yes. All the fun stuff down there. All right. So you make your way up here. Mm-hmm. You don't get to just start doing sound for local bands. Where did you, I mean, where did you get audio acumen? Where did your love of doing that kind of thing come from? I went to IPR. Oh, right on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and took the couple of live sound courses that they had at the time. Um, and was volunteering at a club three degrees, if you remember that oh, yeah. back in the day. <laughs> I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was that not a palms to the sky kind sure of a, a clear place? Like, I mean, yeah. like a clean place and a religious yes. place. Um, and they had shows every Thursday, Friday, Saturday um, when I was volunteering there. So okay. it was such a great opportunity to just get in the door and learn how touring works, really, because... They were big headlining bands, national artists that were coming through, along with a lot of you know local stuff. But um, that led to uh, a gig at I shouldn't say a gig, a job at the Basilica of Saint Mary. Uh, that's what we call <laughs> that's what we call yeah. jobs in yeah, the business. The, uh, Sean and I love this particular gig that we're doing right here. <laughs> yeah, so I was at the Basilica for about twelve years, um, again until COVID hit. But I somebody from. IPR that I went to school with was taking over coordinating the music in the park series and that's how I got a gig as a sound tech with them for the season. So when you say you were with Basilica, I mean like were you there at every Basilica block party? I got free tickets, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, same, but I was working there. I was yes, on the air yes, using most of those. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so like did you work with Megan over there? No. Oh, you no. did not. Okay. All right. All right. So you're doing sound. You go to IPR. Mm-hmm. Was that the dream? Were you hoping that sound would be what you do with your future and your Man, life? When I was nine years old, uh, it was a dream to be a music producer. Like I wanted to be the next Max Martin. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, growing up in a small town of yeah. good old Pine Island, you don't have a lot of opportunities like that or even options. Um, Are there recording studios there at all? Somewhere. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm sure all they're right. hidden somewhere, <clears throat> yeah, but yeah. I didn't know any at the time um, of looking at going to school and music tech was a thing instead of McNally. Um, and they weren't very nice to me, so found IPR. Um, and I was like, oh, yes, this is where I'm going to learn all the things I need to do. But it was also the same time when the big studios were getting 
shut down and you're doing in the basement studios. So that music producing was not an option, really. So looking at the live sound stuff, well, that's never going away, or at least I thought, until COVID hit. <laughs> well, and so how did it come to pass that you go from doing sound at Club 3 Degrees to working for Minneapolis Park and Rec Board? So it was a, a former um, classmate um, that was taking over the music in the park series um, and was like, hey, I have a summertime job. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, please. And, you know, being out of, fresh out of college, you're just hungry for work in your degree field, you right. know, like as opposed to being like a sandwich artist <laughs> yes, or something like that. Yes. Yeah. So definitely took that on and was there for uh, three summers before I took over coordinating it. All right. Very. And again, so like I, I, I initially, I guess I always believed that the music and movies in the park that started in Loring Park, downtown Minneapolis mm-hmm. back in the 80s was part of uh, under the umbrella of what you're talking about. But it's not like mm-hmm. so how many parks were involved i mean how many parks were you involved booking music for and i mean because we have a lot of parks here we sure do a lot a lot yeah um the main venues that i had at the time was lake harriet that's our big big one yeah the bandshell the bandshell uh minnehaha falls and then um nicollet island father hennepin bluff um they're on main street um let me see what else to do uh bryant square park yep and um, we tried doing stuff at Theater Worth. We tried doing things at Loring at, during lunchtime. Uh, those were, I think I hit them all. Yeah, okay. Well, and, <laughs> and, and they still do stuff at Theater Worth. It just, it's um, it's not very often. No. Um, and because it, Theodore Worth is one of those weird places where people assume that, oh, I don't want to drive for 45 minutes. Like, no, you can get to Theodore Worth quicker than you can get through Uptown. So just yes. go there and see. The, and they got, what do they call that stage out there? They got a cool, like the warming house or something. It's, oh, I can't think of the name of it. Anyway, I have yeah. friends who have played out there before. Um, well, now this gets down to the crux of what we're talking about. But before we do get down to the crux of bands playing at these sorts of things for no compensation. Um, and that's all I want to say on the fact your solution still is in the waiting. All right, I'm kind that's of all right. I'm kind of hanging on to this one. I'll be here, Brian. I, I cannot wait, wait to taste that delicious fruit of knowledge <laughs> that Sean has brought with us today. I don't like to go too long without a song. So before we come back and talk about artist compensation, where it should be on the spectrum, tell me about who the Step Rockets are. I don't know Step Rockets. Step Rockets. Um, they were a band that I booked at Lake Harriet. Um, and it was one of those that I fell in love with. They kind of are doing their own solo stuff right now. Um, but it was one of those bands where it's like, Oh my gosh, I got to get them booked wherever I can and kept like spreading the word. If somebody needed a band, um, I love them. So. Keep on head up the water, but it feels like 
Step Rockets on the Brian Oak Show, a song called Money, or more appropriately, as we hear in the chorus repeatedly, I don't give a fuck about the money. Molly, you booked a tremendous number of bands across a great number of venues over a good number of years, and obviously, representing the Minneapolis Park and Rex Board, not everybody gets paid. Everybody can pass the hat if they want, you know, for lack of a better term, take tips. But some bands do get paid. How did this start bubbling up against recently? Because I think it was because the the lineup for the Harriet Band Show got announced and a couple of people took umbrage that nobody gets paid. And I, I just, I feel like there, at least, and maybe it's always been there and I just noticed it for the first time this year, but I feel like there is a growing level of concern among artists at that level that they're being asked to do something, you know, hauling all their gear, doing all the things, putting all the people, dragging people down to the thing for no money. Why do you think that's bubbling up again right now? I feel like every couple years it starts to bubble up. um, But with the world of social media, it just can spread like wildfire. Um, I guess that's it. This one seems to have caught on more than in recent years. Like there seems to be momentum right now. Yes. And that's great. It's it's really good to see. Um, But the the bands that have gotten paid have been part of like the Star Tribune series on Friday nights. So again, that was a big sponsor. The picture that they've used recently in social media has been, I think it was the Jayhawks or something. Right. Um, again, a a sponsor had paid for that. Yeah. And they chose those artists to to play, but for the most part, all the other bands do not get paid. And I don't I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer here. I mean, I really I intend to have other people on to talk about mm-hmm. this from all the different angles. You having seen I mean, you're sort of in the crucible. You're at ground zero. You get to explain to the bands that they're not getting paid or you. But, you know, you also represent the bands and you book the bands and you have to maintain these rather delicate relationships. Do you have a belief one way or the other that? Every band should be paid. Some bands should be paid. They should be paid a modest amount. Should there be a sliding scale? How do you feel about bands being compensated at these free outdoor events for people in Minnesota, Minneapolis parks? I would love that they be compensated, but it's such a bigger... Well, I, I'm, I'm waiting for Sean's solution here because it's it's really not an easy thing. Um, we, you know, like they talked about sponsorships on, on social media and we had patrons that would complain about seeing all the sponsorship banners or the, all the tents that were set up because they're there to see free music. And it's kind of like, Wait, then, see that That level of entitlement makes nope. me crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I think about Basilica Block Party, right? Yeah. I was at, I went to it for almost 20 years in a row and it's, it's, there's the Sun Country Airline stage. And you know why we can afford to have Weezer on that stage? Because Sun Country Airline wrote a six-figure check for us to be able to Correct. afford that band there. It, it's the way it goes, and it's obviously an economy of scale, right? It's different when you're one of those higher-end bands. But there are bands that are respected and well-liked in the area. Um, but they're, you know, like, it's like, look, there's there's just not money in the budget for it, is there? There's not. There was no budget, period. Right. Um, so when I started... Um, it was, we didn't even have money to fix cables. Like we were doing it in our, our basements, in our garage, whatever it was, you know, it's a duct tape kind of thing. Right. And slowly building a budget like, hey, can I get some extension cables this year? Can I get a power strip that's not, right. you know, three, you know, generations old? Exactly. <laughs> so well, like, it hasn't already blown out twice. Yes. So as far as like a budget, it was the budget for paying like BMI and ASCAP and all those sort of licensing fees. And then the sound techs who were 
making minimum wage. Right. So, which is crazy talk to me. All right. So again, there's not. I don't. Do you think there's a right answer here? I mean, like, so as long as a band as a band walks into it with their eyes wide open and they're like, "We're only passing the hat. We know this is just for tips." As long as they're cool with it, I'm cool with it. You know. But I mean, should do you think the system should change in some way? It should. Yeah. But it's again finding that right solution that's going to make the people happy that are sitting there watching it yep. and also if somebody gets pissed off by an advertising banner at their free show at their beautiful park in mm-hmm. gorgeous south minneapolis mm-hmm. they can fuck off i don't i <laughs> i'm sorry to use the french there but that that is ludicrous i need to relax and what's going to help me relax is finding out what the real answer to all of this is from my friend Sean Bernard. What we got? Well, Brian and I worked in radio for a very long time. Mm. And Brian still does. Years. Brian still does. And I sold sponsorships for years. So number one, there's absolutely people here that could sell sponsorships to this that are, could just do it as a freelancer. There are so many media people out there like myself that could sell sponsorships in. So that's number one. Number two is transparency. That there's no reason that the parks board shouldn't say on their on their uh, website and on social media, uh, the bands are, you know, come here for free. There's a suggested $5 donation. Now, you're not required to donate, but there's right. a suggested $5 donation. And I know you're going to have an answer to this. And there should be a banner right below where the band is playing with a Venmo, not just past the hat because people bail on past the right. hat. Or help themselves when the hat comes around. Well, that's happened too. I've witnessed <laughs> yep, that. Yeah, me too. But that it says a suggested $5 donation to pay the band, which then tells the people, oh, this band isn't being played because probably I'd say 80% of the people there didn't know that the band was being played. And so our friend Terry does a, a gig every Tuesday night uh, at oh, uh, yeah. the Driftwood. Yep. And they raise at least $1,000, if not 1200 if not $1,800 with a very small venue, mm-hmm. it wouldn't take many people to pass the hat to be able to at least pay the band. You're looking at me like, yeah, we thought of that. But what, what is your response to that? <laughs> yes, we would. that would have been great. However, again, somebody complained that they were being asked to um, donate money towards these bands. So we had to stop the band. A survey of one? So somebody complained? Correct. Could, that's bullshit. Like that's to me. Like welcome that, to the park. I, was like, no, I, I don't want to say that, but like, <laughs> no, I know. It was, it's yeah. like they complained to the right commissioner, yeah. and then then it just filtered down to me. Like the bands cannot ask for money, and I was like, but they're not getting paid. Well, they can ask for like donations, but if you start going, if you in the park board policy and government policy, because it is a government entity, right? The park board is technically entitled to some of that money because you're not like it's for a government run program Mm -hmm. and i was very hesitant they're entitled to some of the money the band might raise on site correct really there was a policy that i found and i don't i don't you can't quote me on exactly what it said but we were entitled to it so if i didn't want to walk that line of like if they did make money i like i didn't want to touch it that's not mine to, to have that's not the government to have or you know this entity um and so i would be like be very careful how you do ask for money or how you do sell your merch or how you do this, because if you say the right phrase, then the park board could technically take some of that money. That is wild talk right there. So the sponsorship money that uh, the Jayhawks got from the dental office, mm-hmm. did the park board get some of that money? 
That I wouldn't, I'm not sure. You would, I think that would be more appropriate to me that they could sell a sponsorship and say the band gets two grand and the parks get two grand or three grand or whatever it happens to be. So usually those kinds of sponsors, like they would pay the band directly because having to go through the park board and all the fun paperwork that right. has to go through, like not fun. Um, and then they would maybe give us a sponsorship dollar amount for either like the movie that they're licensing to cover that licensing fee or some sort of small fee to cover the staff. So when like Star Tribune, they they have their own sponsorship department and they would market themselves and, and get that money squared away with the bands. Um, similar to the sponsors that pick the bands, we're going to pay them directly rather than the roundabout of the park board. Let's hear one more song because I got a couple more important questions on this, but we can't go on about it forever. But this is very interesting insight because, of course, because it's a government entity, there's going to be rigmarole and there's going to be red tape and it's go- there's going to be utter abject nonsense. And then, mm-hmm. of course, because we're in sort of a rather tony area of the cities, especially when we're talking about the lakes area, things mm-hmm. like that. Someone's always someone with connections and actual money and influence is always going to rattle a cage if there's even one thing they don't like. And yeah, let's hear another song, shall we? Um, uh, this woman uh, we know well. She's been on the podcast before, and she is a force of nature. Why did you pick Joanne Parker? I love Joanne Parker. She was again somebody that I had booked um, once, and was like, I got to get her back anywhere, everywhere. Um, so she's got a show coming up at the Dakota. Um, she plays at the KJ Hideaway and crooners and, you know, she's just all over the place and I love her.
Parker on the Brian Oak Show. Also, Molly Murray joins us right now. Molly, a quick question, and we get to check in with Sean briefly. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, people love music. Why mm-hmm. does it matter to the city of Minneapolis? Why does it matter to the park board that these bands are playing at all? I mean, why, you know, a lot of people who live in that area, they like having the lake to themselves, especially if they live right on the lake. Or I've gone there the day after a huge show, and it's destroyed. Now, eventually, it gets cleaned up. But, I mean, why... Why does the Minneapolis Park Board even want music at all these venues? I mean, why is it important know. to them? I mean, I think I can't speak for the Park Board. Yeah. I loved the music moving the park tiers. I wouldn't have done it as long as I did if I didn't love it mm-hmm. because that brought people out and into the parks. And I guess that's my that's my question yeah. is is the goal just to get people to enjoy the parks more? Is there a, is there a a profit angle? I mean, it doesn't make them any we money to have people show up. No, we don't. Like, well, we were just talking during the break about, uh, like, Sea Salt or the yeah. other restaurants on site. Um, like, they absolutely profit from of the show. That, that, but they don't need it necessarily all summer long. So can but, the park board come and take some of their surplus from those shows? I have no idea. Interesting. Because we only get, they only, like, they get a, now, I'm sure that the, Contracts have been reconstructed. They've already got it figured out. As far as like they rent or have a rental fee for the yeah, summer. Yeah, they're leasing like, the space. They're leasing yeah. the space. But I don't know as far as like if they get a percentage of the sales or if, how that works. Um, I just wonder what, the, I mean, other than getting people out to enjoy the parks, which obviously if you're part of the park and rec board, you want people to go out mm-hmm. and enjoy the parks and enjoy recreation. And that's, I'm, I'm glad that we live in a city that cares enough about that, that they've got a thing for it. I'm just like, why do they want these major spectacles right there on the shores of Lake Harriet? If there's no return on investment, are they doing it out of the largesse of their hearts? Are they... I don't know if it's just, a, it's been such a long history. Like, yeah. Um, the music at Lake Harriet has been there for over a hundred years. So like it's the longevity of it, yep. the, you know, the history of it all and that it's always been free entertainment for the community. Right. Um, and I, again, I love the idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm even uh, I'm going to school, like in a small town like Winona, they had a big central park that had a huge gazebo yep. in it yeah. that bands would play yep, in all I've the time. Band there, yeah. And I, I think that that's pretty common throughout a great deal of the upper Midwest and probably the United States. And so people enjoy the music and that sort of thing. But if um, I just, I, I wonder what their motivation is other than trying to create a nicer environment. Well, it is. I think that's all it is, Brian. It's that uh, this is community. This is something we've always done, but the thing that the thing that pisses me off, to be frank with you, is that we're not we're not nobody's suggesting that they require payment. Zero people are saying that we should we should charge people for this. No, but you can do a voluntary donation, and 
there's going to always be a few people that get puckered by that, and they can get bent. And I, well, I just uh, think, they can uh, they can also just yeah. ignore it. Yeah, they can ignore they can it just too. Just ignore yeah. it. And well, I don't want to. I don't want to feel bad, Brian. No, but I I felt offended by the fact that these people asked That's to be it. routinely or yeah. even vaguely fairly compensated at all. Yeah. How offensive! I came down here to enjoy my evening and not get bombarded <clears throat> by all these things. Unbelievable! Yeah. And I promise you, the people who bitched about that. Could have easily afforded to throw five bucks in the fucking hat. That's exactly it. Let's before we go on and before we get too worked up here. I'm again. I don't really have a. I don't know what the right answer is. I, as much as Sean does, I think that there are elements of all these things that could work. But you're always going to have detractors. You're always going to have haters. You're always going to have people who are like, "Well, this wasn't how it was done in my day." And before we get back to that and talk to you a little bit more, because I also like to want to know. I would like to know what you're up to mm-hmm. these days, um, Sean. You, in addition to being a community champion uh, was, and, I mean like wow. we had the fist like pump yeah, yeah. like, no, like, I, wow, I, I feel like I, I need a pulpit I need <laughs> I need some kind of lectern or something to stand behind um, in addition to caring a lot about this community uh, well and actually in addition to I think it, it dovetails nicely with the work that you do for uh, Remax results you're a realtor by trade I am and I've actually donated thousands of dollars uh, over the last few years to area musicians and bands uh, with every buy and sell so I do that already because it's the right thing to do um but i would donate even more at shows you know i i didn't know that the bands weren't paid Mm -hmm. i didn't know that until this latest social media kick Mm -hmm. and it made me very crabby well Um, so you well you and i have gone on at length about we feel that even if it's not industry scale everybody deserves to get paid for what they do and with how much you and i love music in particular, musicians deserve something, some kind of... Well, and I look at, like, even our show, we do these Patreon events, and to be candid with you, the Patreon money doesn't come close to paying for the band. Mm-hmm. So Brian and I take it out of our own money. I'm just going to say that out loud. We take it out of the pay that we get for doing this show to pay these bands. So at, at some point, I get kind of mad at the cheap asses and the vocal yeah. few that seem to be ruling it, because that's what we're saying. We're really saying mm-hmm. a few people are ruining it for everybody else that would want to be generous to a band because I believe I personally believe 70% of the people that are there would donate something to the band if Mm -hmm. they knew they weren't paid so for me as a taxpayer I would say I would demand that they at least at very minimum when they post the in the park series which I know you can go to it's like Minneapolis music and movies MPLS music and movies dot com dot com that it should be transparent we we're, we're unable to pay the bands, but you're welcome to donate to them. If nothing else, they should be transparent, in my opinion. Like, okay, we're not changing everything, but they should at least be transparent. So I agree. Uh, and before you continue, yeah. why is it .com and not .gov? We had bought that from Gov or uh, GoDaddy years ago, oh, okay, and it wasn't necessarily part of the the package par- park yeah. board yeah. website oh. until. Oh, I don't know, like 2015s, 2016. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah, it, it, it was like it a Wix set off a little bell in my head that so. I had to maintain. So me and my web skills were <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, from what I understand, you sell houses around town and yeah. really throughout the state. Yep, I help people buy and sell houses. I have a listing that just started about 15 minutes north of Duluth. Mm. Really cool property. Now I wish I could afford this property. The reason is there are two homes on this property and a beautiful pond and it's 10 wooded acres uh, it's listed lovely. it's listed at 399 both homes are redone and the total is 399 wow yeah so they have a 1970 something built home up there 
that's been remodeled. And then in 2007, they built the huge heated over oversized garage that could fit a giant boat, all your toys that you want. And then it's all one level living. What about a waterbed? Can I uh, put a waterbed in there? We, they actually made a double king size waterbed there <laughs> with a, with a built in aquarium. It, it sounds to me like every time you talk about this property, it sounds to me like you're saying we should just move up there and do the podcast from there. What I'm saying is that our Patreon members need to step up and donate more. <laughs> Because Brian and I need a place to be able to just get away and do a podcast. How once a am week. I supposed to be able to sleep on my ten-acre wooded property without a double king waterbed? Okay, yeah, so and we please. can put the divider down it because I mean I'm cool with us being in the no, same bed. No, but just I was the thinking div- we'd be in different houses. Oh, different houses. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. You, oh, I two see. Of them. So yeah. you get one house, I get the other house. I'll take the garage. I'm no. not picky. It's a beautiful it's space. A so garage. I will probably be up there this Saturday doing an open house. I haven't decided yet. It depends on if it sells before Saturday. Um, but beautiful property. Uh, now is the time, by the way, if you're looking at uh, buying or selling, selling this spring or summer, 612-859-2594. Let's meet and talk. And again, I donate a portion of every buy and sell to an area musician or band of the buyer or seller's choice. Unless, of course, you say to me, I don't know any musicians or bands or I can't decide. I'm like, Oh, good, because I have a list of about 20 that would gladly take your money. Exactly. Yeah. And I can I can only wait for someone to call that number that you just put out and said, listen, I listen to a lot of bands and I listen to the Brian Oak yeah. Show, and I don't appreciate you asking for money <laughs> so that I can enjoy this show for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I don't appreciate you doing that. This is my podcast. That's right. A lot of people listen to this for show money. for free, don't they? Every oh, single sure. person. That seems not fair well and so again and the perspective too is <laughs> having worked in radio as long as both you and i have yeah. the number of bands you know i mean and there are events every year oak on the water says what um <laughs> where the bands don't get paid a damn dime i know they are and there was a time when there was true value to it when we would do a live broadcast so at least yes. you're reaching tens of thousands of people but in recent years no you're just you're lucky to be there and you better be thankful that we even thought about you which i it, it, the, the whole thing with the park board smacks a little bit of that attitude, and I don't really like it. Like, look, you're getting exposure. You're going to get all of these people and things. And it is they are fun events. That, that, that That's where I'm torn. These outdoor summer music events are a blast. I don't need to tell you. You booked a zillion of them. They're super fun. I just feel like bands should be getting something out of it, and I don't know what that is, and I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, and uh, I've talked to a couple people about how these bands that don't play for money that are like yeah that's just for fun it's whatever well you have enough of those around town that they don't that the park board probably doesn't see it as a necessity to pay them because you do have enough community bands you know the that um like the I, i'm thinking of invergrove because they always sent me cards every year with their programs and so i have a yeah. whole stack of them right <laughs> um or like the twin cities pride you know like those those community bands they aren't looking for money they just want to play so like you have that attitude um, where they don't want the money. They just like playing music. But then you have professional musicians like a Sarah Morris and a, and a Ben Cookfelt that that's what they do for a living. Right. And so, like, if you want quality musicians and people that are going to constantly bring people to the parks, that needs to be reevaluated in a way that if it's sponsorship money, then that's the way to go. I'm, you know, like... Uh, I remember looking through files from um, a previous concert coordinator, Jessica Berg, um, and she had created this whole packet of like, hey, here's how we can pay bands. 
and it just kind of got washed away. Mm. And then, you know. Sat three, in the corner and got dusty. Yes. Uh-huh. Because of the sponsor, people didn't want to see the sponsorship banners, whatever, whatever. And it's like every few years, I'd be like, well, hey, how about if we get, you know, this sponsor to come on yeah. board? Um, you know, if we can get the Twin Cities Black Film Festival with Natalie Merle, if if we can do something that correlates with her yeah. movie series right. or like she's got connections up the wazoo. Yeah. Um, and so like, how can we, you know, partner with some of these groups that maybe they could pay for it and they would just use our venue. So trying to make those, you know, happy medium places where it, it makes sense that the sponsorship is there. Um, but it's wild to me that people would complain about banners. It's not like the banners are so big. They're blotting out the sky. Oh, oh we got to complain about that once. And I had to move my banner. I mean, aren't they just hanging along the sides of the band shell? Like, I mean, I know there are different yes. places, or they're kind of like those flag banners where yes. you just stand them up and yeah. they've got they've got it's the company logo. It's blocking my on. view of Lake Harriet. That that was literally a complaint, and it was yeah, the most frustrating People, thing because yes. it's like um, if you look to the left or right, you. I'm pretty sure you could see the the lake. Again, I don't again, know, it's but not, maybe, it's not maybe. blotting out the sky. And I know you don't like to look at it, but it's for like four hours or yeah, maybe I'm, the whole day. Yeah. But then it's over. And guess what? Your precious lake will it's no longer there. be blocked from your multi-million dollar home on the parkway by a banner that allowed a great band to play and allowed tens of thousands, in some cases, maybe just thousands of people come down and enjoy a band. I just have to mention this. Your last name is Murray. Are you Irish? I am. Yeah, so are we. All three of us Did are Did you Irish. know that if you live in Ireland and you are a licensed artist, you pay no taxes up to $50,000? Then why am I living here? Well, that's a great Excellent point. question. But but this is what how backwards we are here. Yeah. Like, we yeah. can't get even that. Right. And so do you think there's a few more licensed artists in Ireland than there are in the States? I would like, guess so. It is yeah. so hard. And the pandemic absolutely killed yeah. so many local musicians and bands. And some mm-hmm. that were ready to... We had some friends come in here. They were ready to launch their album. They had worked for 12 months or 18 months on this album. March hit. They're ready to go on the road. And then everything was shut down for a year and a half. I, a video popped up on my oh. Facebook memories recently. It was Mary Bue. And she had come oh, up with, yes. so she's so good. She's great. Uh, the world is your lover. She spent all this time, put together this incredible record. Yeah. Boom, pandemic comes along, and she's like, I can't tour. No. I know. And, and she had planned a huge tour. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. <clears throat> well, anyway, so let's get back out there and support music. If anybody else out there would like to talk about this topic, we've got lots of podcasts to get to. And again, I don't know if there is one right answer, but your insight, Molly, has been excellent because I think it's important that we talk to artists. I think it's important that we talk to people who've seen how the machine works. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important foundation for continuing this discussion. I also think we need to get some of those old shrivs around the lakes out of there because um it, i mean sponsorship is the obvious answer right well, even yeah. for a smaller band there's going to be a local business who loves that band so much and they want to see them and, on and, that stage yes. and they'll pay yeah. they'll pay a couple grand and the band's not greedy none of them are trying to buy speedboats right it, it, well there are bands that say no to this series that's the other thing is there are bands that great bands that would say yes to this series yeah. if there was actually money involved, which I just is the thing like we haven't even mentioned. Sponsorship so, is, is simple, yeah. super simple. Well, we'll talk more about that in the future. Before we say goodbye to Molly Murray, uh, it says now you're an event security manager, mm-hmm. so you've gone from the music end, the booking end, the everything end, and now you're a security manager. Yeah. What's that all about? Um, well, I feel like at my time at the park board, um, safety was a big became a big passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And I think it became 
a really big deal to me after the Jason Aldean shooting. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. Uh, so I was able to go to an event safety summit that year and listen to that production manager that was on site oh, and gosh. his like recollection of the whole thing. And so it kind of got that that bug in me, so to speak, of like, what are wait, what are we doing for if there's an active shooter? If there's a fire, if there's weather, mm. if there's all those things. So it became, um, you know... I don't know, like a passion of mine as far as events, even with the National MS Society, I worked with the safety committee. So I was working with the police for all the crossings for the bike rides and the walks and the this and that. Um, and like, OK, what if what is our emergency preparedness plan that we're, we're going to put mm-hmm. in place? Um, so then with going into more of the event security side, it's like, OK, what are we doing to you know control the access to this place or um, how are we? checking bags how are like all the different metal detectors well this one has this kind of sensitivity but this one has this sensitivity um and you know things like like flasks that get in you know oh yeah like they're bracelets now that's insane to me that was one that (laughs) came up at target center recently and i was like well that's fun i didn't know that was a thing (laughs) what what what, what's a thing like this woman had a bracelet on that was a flask Oh, oh, that, yeah, yeah, flask. I'm sorry, I misheard no. the word. No, I know, yes. you just unscrew it, you... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it was, you know, this fashionable thing. Oh, it looks like a beautiful thing. bangle. And I, was, and I was like, that is genius. Like, I have to, like, you know, give you a round of applause yeah. for that. But, um, that said, take it off or yeah, dump it yes. out. Right. I'll take that, please. But, uh-huh, um, exactly. Along with that, like, the physical safety side, it's also um, another avenue of safety is, uh, like, women and non-binary people... In these facilities, are they feeling safe yes. to perform? Yeah, that's also a huge passion that's of mine. Um, so, everywhere in the the safety side of things is is kind of where my passions have led me. Before we say our final goodbye to Molly here, I do want to thank um, Smart Start MN, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company, OADesignBuild.com, if you want to learn more about the work that OA does. Thanks to my friend Sean Bernard. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Also, that was fun. Uh, thanks to AudioQuip, who have helped us revamp, boost up yes. our the New Starship sound. console that you have Ooh. right there in front of you. So um, thanks very much to Nate and his entire crew and what they do over there. Um, we have to say goodbye, Molly, but I want to okay. thank you very much. This yeah. was good Insight, and we might have you back again depending on that. where this conversation goes, so right? So many different ways. I, We're going to do a crossfire eventually with you. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, <laughs> let's go. Imagine we'll get, we'll rent a bigger room. We'll get yes. up like six microphones. Because what I'd like to do <laughs> is I'd like to have some really impassioned, idealistic musicians talking against the establishment <laughs> man, <laughs> the man. And let's see if well, we you can. know some security people. <laughs> I, I, I know a couple people. You'll be in charge of security <laughs> to make sure everything stays in order. Um, but yeah, I just, I I'm looking forward to the rest of this conversation because I'm still, I'm, I'm an ardent believer that artists should be compensated unless they feel otherwise. And I think that Sean hit it on the head that eventually, if this becomes enough of uh, a tipping point, that it is going to affect the quality of artists that mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. at these types mm-hmm. of events. And I don't think it's just, again, I'm, I don't really, there with a flashpoint, but I don't really want to um, single out Minneapolis Park and Rex Board because I think this happens a ton of places. I think there are yeah, lots of local community places. Too. Exactly. Exactly, and, and so I think I think this is a, a, a wider spread issue for people who are just trying to get by when they're musicians, mm-hmm. you know. And you brought up that excellent point that some people, this is what they do; they rely yep. on this. And then you know, then the other argument is, well, they should be glad to have the exposure then. But if you can't hang up a banner that says, "Make sure to check out our band camp this coming Friday because we've got a new album coming out," well, then you're not getting the exposure. I don't know. 
And exposure doesn't pay the rent unless you're a stripper. That's what Brian always says. I've oh. never said that before <laughs> in my life. Although, the way to do that. Was nice. <laughs> nice, I, li- nice. I liked how you hung that on me. That yeah. was pretty nice. Uh, Molly, uh, Molly, I hope you have a great 2024. Thank you. Thanks for coming you. in. Yes. And thank you very much for helping us kickstart this conversation. Sure. You have brought another song by someone that I have no idea mm-hmm. who they are. Tell me about the Talbot Brothers. Talbot Brothers are, they're based out of Portland. Um, again, introduced because they applied to be part of our Music in the Park series, and I just couldn't do it out of the goodness of my heart. I was like, there is no guarantee that it's not going to rain when you come here, oh, yeah. that you're not getting paid. So it was, here's a whole list of venues that you could play at that could make you money. Um, and we've been friends for ever since then. So here's Talbot Brothers. See 